But the worst scene was preceding that fumble in the state championship, how slow that guy was running, how bad the running was. The running was like jarring bad, dude. The running was jarring bad. And on the, on the topic of that play, the, the play that followed it, the coach panicked. Oh, they're going to throw it deep. What the fuck do you think they're going to do, coach? It's the last play of the state championship. They're backed up. Like, what else do they have to do? And he acted like it was like this revolutionary thought that they're going to throw it deep. get you in get you out okay get you in get you out that's what the coach used to say it was going to be a quick efficient day was it a pack show or are we going to get you in get you out a little bit of both we're going to pack a lot into this show and we're going to get you in and we're going to get you out right now you're in about 90 minutes you might be out nice um freddie gibbs freddie gibbs happy birthday freddie gibbs oh i did see that huh well, june 14th it, it, it's today right 1982 our today your yesterday so uh, sort of relevant Hell yeah. Happy birthday, Freddie. Freddie Gibbs was just on our show. I, I had Freddie Gibbs uh, last Friday before the weekend. I uh, was sitting here drinking some of this whistle pig rye whiskey, uh, talking to Freddie Gibbs. He was picking up his mom from the airport, uh, and we were basically on a FaceTime. It was, the, it was a great interview. For so, I, I love his music, and it's funny. Like I don't listen to a lot of rap. But anything he puts out, I'll at least take a look. And uh, he was a fun guest. I mean, the guy the guy's funny as hell. He's insightful as hell. He's smart as hell. Uh, and I think uh, you're going to enjoy it, Make. Yeah. If you've never yeah. heard a single song. To be clear, on this very show right here, Freddie Gibbs of... Gary, Indiana. Of Gary, Indiana, and born Frederick Jamel Tipton. Stage name, Freddie Gibbs. Yep. You're going to enjoy this interview. I, I don't know if you listen to rap or not, but if you come this far, just don't complain to me that you've never heard of Freddie Gibbs, or that you don't like rap, rap music, or you know, if you, if you make it about 30 minutes into this podcast, next thing you're going to run into is Freddie Gibbs, one of the best. Also, on the back end of that, my high school baseball coach been on the show before. We're going to go through and do, and, and we'll go do a lot of these, but I've basically committed that on Mondays, you know, a lot of times in this dead period in the summer, now right now we've got a lot going on, but throughout july you know the dog days right before baseball goes into the playoffs yeah we got some olympics but if we're being serious how could we talk about the olympics every monday for an extended period of time we got to have something to do so we're going to do some football movies we're going to we're going to roll this thing out today our first review is going to be remember the titans football movies as i'll say later on in this podcast probably haven't seen them like don't watch them. Haven't seen them in, in over a decade. No matter what movie it is, you name it. I have not watched a football movie lately. Remember the Titans last night is the first one in a long time. Myself, Coach Wookie are going to go through that. And then as the summer goes on on Mondays, in the C block as we call it here at Studio J, uh, Flavor Station, we are going to uh, break down some classics. I don't know, Wildcats, Necessary Roughness, um, I don't know, Friday Night Lights, you name it. Rudy, might even fuck around and watch Rudy. 
little Siskel and Ebert up in this bitch, as JB Smoove might say. Don't you usually save those? I do, but I, hey, pack show without a lot of me, I got a fire right, and ready. exactly. Making, <laughs> making's going to be a part of the A. You're not going to hear him in Gibbs, and you won't hear much of him after that. Uh, so he's got. He's, although, although what? It is flag day. It is flag so day. So we're going to tape a little bridge discussing yeah. yep. the most elite flags of countries in, in the this world. world there's like 290 countries and we're going to do a flag day thing on the on the tail end of gibbs so that macon will be back for that but he's got to get his his bad words out eau claire wisconsin hello <laughs> this one swore it was pronounced eclair wondered if they that's the dessert i wonder yeah i wonder if they invented them here like eau claire wisconsin perfect place to claim like a dessert and just make it like put a big billboard when you get in that town, like home of the the oatmeal cream pie or some shit like that. Shout out Nick Saban. Also, Eau Claire, the home of Justin Vernon. Wow. Bonnie Vare. Bonnie Vare. Oh, you you probably like Bonnie Vare, yeah. B-O-N space I-V-E-R. We found, we found, we found a band you like? You like Bonnie Vare? I, uh, I know how to spell it. You don't know That's their music. That's for certain. I, I probably do. Let's make you a playlist. This is the, uh, the, the Eau Claire... Uh, Justin Vernon playlist. Okay, we'll, we'll slap it on Greenlight Pod. We've got we're up to like four playlists uh, on there, and we need Country Gold from you soon. Oh, or okay. maybe Macon's Country Gold playlist. I'm ready. Okay. Speaking of music, layup line today. Flat Tommy T, Freddie Gibbs. Oh, then I played that one, and I was like, ah, I want to play Education because that's actually my favorite uh, song on that album. Oh no, let's, let's go Palm Olive. Like I could play, you know, 10 songs from that uh, bandana album, but we settled on 1985. 1985 is the best off the latest to me. And that of course is the, uh, the Alfredo album that Gibbs did with Alchemist. Gibbs began working at a Gary Mall where he met local hip hop producer Finger Roll. Now, I don't know if finger roll is known in the hip-hop communities to this day or not, but finger roll is the best name I've ever heard That's for anything. That's a tight anything. name. Yeah. That's a tight name. Finger roll. George Gervin. Yeah, Iceman. Could have been the Iceman. Could have been, yeah. Instead, he went with finger roll. Yeah. Didn't want to do your nickname thing. Yeah, so you'll hear more about Gibbs. You'll hear more from Gibbs later on. Uh, that was a fun interview. I, like To be honest... I don't get to interview a lot of rappers, and uh, and that one was was pretty good, all things considered. I mean, <laughs> did do we get to uh, Ma at the airport? Yeah, Ma was uh, Ma had a few lines. Nice. And uh, one more time, shout out to Freddie Gibbs and happy birthday. You'll hear from him in a bit. Where are you? Where would you put this 12, 12 team college football thing that we're hearing whispers of twelve teams? Good, bad, ugly. Yeah. I, uh, I'm for the more, the merrier. However, the number 12, I might put in ugly just because, as I understand it, top four get buys, and then they begin the tournament at bowl sites, whereas the opening four games will be at home stadiums, which I think is dope. So I would be at eight, and that's your six champs plus two, and playing all those at home stadiums. Let's do home stadiums. All the way through. Well, at least until we get to the all the way through till you get to what it is now. So if you get to the, the if you get to the semis and finals, but I'm with you. Like, let's get some home home stadiums, at least another so cool. round of it. It would be cool, and I'm all for more football. But the problem, you know, you're going to run into. I feel student like student athletes, student athletes. So there's finals and that sort of thing, right? Right. But also there's this thing called like the NFL and health 
And like, if you're a good player on one of those teams, like it was, it's becoming a stretch for those players to play one or two extra games. Imagine if you're like a Utah linebacker who's going in the top 10 and you slide in there because you're one of the top, top 10 teams. You don't really have a good shot of winning um, because you forget about the offense thing at Utah. But like, say you're that player, what do you do? Opt out. Yeah, it's a checkpoint. It's a checkpoint, opt out. It's an opt out, dude. Yeah. That's an opt out situation. So you get more teams, that's good. I'm a fan of like of of more because you know you're not going back to the BCS. We're gonna stay north of two teams, right? We're not going backwards. I look at it like this. I was too lazy to look it up, but I've done it before for this podcast. Go back and look at the scores of the college football playoff game since uh, the inception of that of that tournament, of that tenement. There's like not very many single score games, like period, like period. I wanna say it's like 80% you're gonna get two score games. So it's not like it could get worse and the more volume you have, the better chance of something crazy happening. If somebody wins on a kick six or something in the round of, of eight. We could call it the elite eight. The elite eight, nobody's gonna, for, People don't care that it wasn't the natty. Like that is going to get played for years uh, leading up to the college football playoff. Like March Madness isn't predicated on 64 teams being able to win. Yes, like we kind of talk about that, but the reality is most of those teams, I don't know, it's going to be pretty hard. Well, shoot, FCS has figured out how to do 16 teams. How'd Valpo end up that year they hit that shot after the long pass? Yeah, like not, it, not it, doesn't, champs. it doesn't matter. What we want is more madness. We want more volume we want more opportunities for crazy shit including that maybe one of these years maybe alabama loses you know alabama or one of the other three good football teams in the nation lose because they have to play more games shit when, happens when that plucky eighth ranked virginia cavalier football team goes down to tuscaloosa and <laughs> wait can we do the thing in a neutral site now <laughs> <laughs> we'll um, get them in the semis yeah i just think like you're gonna have to cross the paying players bridge anyways but if you're gonna make them play more games you might have to pay them again i as a viewer perfect world i'd be in hog heaven whistle pig whistle pig heaven. Woo pig Woo pig. a lot of segues into my good which is something we just watched yeah the virginia cavaliers are into the college world series that's which right i know perhaps 99 percent of you won't care about but boy is that a fun event that college <laughs> baseball uh, tournament they got going on there. And now Damn, it's now sold, to the final dude. eight teams. I'm sold with that, I mean, with that. I mean, the Hoos in particular started four and 12 in the conference. Yes. They've won 24 out of their last 35. And uh, you just get into postseason play and roll the ball out there and see what happens. They beat Dallas Baptist thanks to a grand slam in the seventh inning by Kyle Teal. Shout out Mount Oh, Wyatt. yeah, yeah. Grand salami there. Grand I mean, salami dong for our guy, dude. 6-0 oh in elimination and games he hit, for the he Hoos. And he hit it out dead center field, bro. Uh, this is after the center fielder for the Hoos robbed uh, some kid who was pimping a home run. That was not very Baptist of you to be pimping a home run. I didn't know people who were deeply religious pimped home runs. Cat on the mound took the L after chirping at our dugout, too, which big was ill-advised in like L. the sixth Big L, ill-advised. Wahoo's 6-0 and in elimination games, including four straight in the regional round. On to Omaha, which, you know. Somewhere in the middle of America. I don't want to get all masters on you. Getting right to the heart of matters. But a pretty dope event. the heart that matters most. The only issue with the College World More. Series is, if you win the thing, you're out there for like two weeks. So that can get a little expensive. But it's an awesome, awesome experience with eight fan bases there in Omaha. 
which it, is cool. It's very underrated. Yes. It's very underrated, and, and uh, it sneaks up on you this time of year, and one day you look up, and there's incredibly uh, entertaining college sports on. Bang. And Virginia is there again. I'll give you a good. I had a great trip down the Rivanna River yesterday. Oh, switched uh, it up, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I switched it up. You know me as a James River guy. I still am. Rivanna doesn't hold a candle to the James River. No offense, Cowboy Reed. That's fun. I agree with you. <laughs> oh, you agree? I mean, yeah. I hope the Rivanna River is isn't listening to this podcast. But here's the deal, Reed. There was one thing about the float, though. And this is not your fault, dude, because it's my fault for not having planned. Is a Rivanna virgin. Never been on the Rivanna River other than to hang out on the banks. Like yesterday was the first time in a lot of ways. So I said, "Hey, Reed, how long is it going to take to get from from uh, where did I ask you, Reed? Do you remember?" You said Pantops, which isn't a drop-in point. I said you could go from Woolen Mills okay, down to go. Milton. Yep. And I said it would take about an hour and a half. And then you were like in kayaks and i said yeah and then you're you and your buddy time. i don't know who it was did you hear the union mills part woolen mills woolen mills but you didn't hear us say union mills no what was woolen union mills well union mills was is the next stop and it's it's another few miles down the way and that's where we were going past <laughs> milton past we were milton? Going woolen mills to union mills i think we kayaked probably about 11 miles yesterday in a thunderstorm and it was awesome. We had a great time, dude. And here's the thing. I <laughs> well, it sounds like, to be fair, the cowboy gave you cowboy, the right time for the two spots. And also, I walked outside about two minutes after you asked me and saw the dark skies coming in from the west. And I was like, why? Because <laughs> This didn't doesn't care. seem like a good idea. We didn't care. We were impulsive. I, I just got a Thule truck rack for the first time in my life. and so oh, you went to Crofton, Union Mills Crofton. That's Same right. place in Fluvanna County. Yep. Look at look at that. Uh, I was a county over. Okay. Yeah. That's a long so way, th huh? there's the Crofton <laughs> is about ten miles downriver <laughs> from Milton. I've done that float before. And how long that, that takes? To take? About five six hours. <laughs> yeah. Just from Milton to Crofton. <laughs> so we had a three hour tour. Something got lost in translation between Reed and us, and we didn't care at all. We had a great time. But, you know, like when you're on the river that long, your lovely wives are wondering where you are. Luckily, the thunderstorm came in, so it, it, it goes from I'm mad at my husband because he's out too long on the river drinking beer or whatever he's doing to I'm concerned about my husband. He could be struck by lightning. So you always want to get that call in to be like, hey, if I don't make it home, I love you. And like, you know, that kind of thing. I did that yesterday. But it was like a six-hour trip. But I got this truck rack, and so I can put anything I want up on there. I can put a, a tent up there. I can put my, my kayak up here, a single kayak that I just got. I've had this, this big me and Whalen kayak for a little bit. You know, I kayak in Montana, but I've never had a single. I got one of those cool single kayak. You know, I'm one of those guys now. What it, is your life jacket? What brand is your life jacket? Oh. That's the most important uh, item on the river. I, I got some bad news for you, Cowboy Reed. <laughs> We've got an outlaw over here. Uh. <laughs> I did I did get a life jacket. I just didn't bring it yesterday. But some of those rapids are tough because I got dumped yesterday, Reed. Reed, I got dumped. I was I was concerned about my friend. I looked backwards and the biggest no no is going sideways through the rapids. That is a no no. That's a big no no. And I got pinned on a big rock. And the rock was so powerful that I could not dislodge the water, you know, cascading against this kayak and into the bowels of this kayak was so powerful I couldn't get the kayak off the rock. So here Remember I am. Remember when uh, you guys were GMs and asking me as a draftee? 
Yeah. What would I rather be, a rock or a mm-hmm. river? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is good. Does, this is good. Does my answer hold water now? Oh, pun. No, because no, 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 no. So, Reed. it uh, doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. Uh, but it, it's it's a fucking good. It's a good point. It's a good try. It's a good no, but it's water it's fair. Wins. It's a fair try. But water yeah. wins to me because water fair as fuck. Water just erodes continually, uh, and if I'm water, I can be I can be anywhere. So, anyways, I get pinned, and the, the worst part was we passed these tubers that the, the storm Ugh. was bearing down on earlier, and I was like, how you guys doing? And they were like, no complaints, and I was just in a good mood, so I was like, not for 30 minutes, huh? Look at that sky back there. We're kayakers, you know what I mean? Like, I used to be you, but I got a kayak now. So, I'm like a mile down the river, and I get pinned, and my literal worst fear wasn't drowning. It wasn't like losing my kayak. It wasn't even losing my phone which I had no idea where it went. It's inside the kayak somewhere and the water's just rushing in there. My phone is protected in a Pelican dry case in there, but I don't know where it is. I haven't seen it. My biggest concern was looking like a total fucking poser to those tubers that were catching up to us. Like any minute they're coming around the bend and I'm the guy who said, uh, (laughs) I got a kayak, asshole. And now, like, they're bearing down on us. So Tom had to dump his kayak, come back against the, the rapids, and pull my kayak. We both had to pull, 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 and we dislodged it. Anyways, the Pelican phone case is the phone case for you, mm. is what I mean to say. Pelican makes great dry boxes. Eventually, as we dislodge the kayak, my phone spit out in the case okay so at least i'm seeing it's in the case i've got it but that thing shoots down the river so i'm like michael phelps trying to like catch this motherfucker i finally get there i'm sure it is just full of water it spent five minutes in the bowels of this kayak not a drop of water on my iphone all those adorable pictures of my kids Mm. pictures of my lovely wife and me you know like important contacts dates notes for the green light pod they were all protected by the pelican phone case that i purchased a few a few days ago at field and stream so uh thank you to pelican phone cases could i take that with me say in the bathtub yeah you can take it wherever you want hot tub hot tub cold tub sewer flush it down the toilet nothing's happening to your phone man shout out to pelican also speaking of birds i saw uh an osprey a herring a hawk and a bald eagle Wow. You see a lot of birds on that stretch of river. Isn't it funny that the Rivanna has more birds than the James? A lot of birds. Yep. I mean, the 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 amazing thing about living in Central Virginia is I I'm I'm looking up and I'm seeing a bald eagle like with semi regularity. I mean, he's just hanging out on the Rivanna. There's CVSs within five to seven minutes of this fucking bald eagle. We just have so many bald eagles. We we don't even put them in like nice stretches of the river. Like we don't even need you don't even need to drive out of the wilderness to find a bald eagle in Virginia. We're so lucky, dude. I was like fucking uh what's his name? I was like Jack Hanna yesterday. I was like Jack Hanna. I got bit by fire ants walking down to the river. You ever got bit by fire ants? I'm not sure. You would know. You ever get stung by a yellow jacket? Fuck yeah. Yeah. No problem. A- no problem compared to a fucking fire ant. Wow. Also, kicker saw a snake swimming right by us in the river. It dove right underwater. Reed, you ever see a snake in the Rivanna River? I've seen many snakes in the Rivanna River. You see a lot of them dive like under them. like a fucking submarines? Well, yeah, they're water snakes, but... So, okay, so here's <laughs> the deal in Virginia. Let me ask you this question, because I don't think we have moccasins up here. Um, I don't know if that was a question. You said, I don't know if we have moccasins up well, here. Well, it's self-evident what I'm saying is I'm claiming that there are none up here, and he's saying there's a water snake. What's the difference well, between a water snake and a moccasin to you? 
moccasin being the poisonous snake that resides in southeast Virginia, water snake being one that just swims? Yeah, exactly. A water, uh, water moccasin is a type of water snake. That's why we got Cowboy Reed here. So, so I mean, there's like a normal, like, there's plenty of water snakes that are non poisonous. Okay. And they're just chilling in the water. I saw a water snake down in the Rivana a year ago that was swimming with a fish in its mouth. They caught a fish, and it was quite disgusting. It was like the animal kingdom out there, man. It was it was incredible. I had a great, great day. So, yeah, bald eagles, the whole nine yards. I'll also put this on good. Sons and Four Guy. You guys saw the Sons and Four Guy. You guys are alive, breathing, have the internet. You've seen the Sons and Four Guy. Yep. I don't like fight videos. I mean, I think fighting in, in public is ugly. I mean, sometimes it happens, but it's ugly. That video was tremendous. The video was tremendous. The guy had it coming. The Nuggets fan who sucker punched the, uh, the cat in the Suns jersey. From higher ground. From higher ground. And that's what everybody's talking about is uh, higher ground is great, this, that, and the third. I want to push back a little bit. I don't think higher ground is always great in a stadium. Think about it. As you're reaching down to, to, to you know, like really right-hand cross, like follow through on somebody, you have that really uncomfortable stadium seat digging into your shins just below the knee. So there's like no leverage you're reaching over you're over you're overextending yourself you've got a stadium seat digging into your knee next thing you know you're getting your nose blown up guys holding you by your chain jamal murray's doing surrender cobra his little paul wall friend tells him that his nose is broken and that they should probably hit the concourse but i thought that was a big win man i thought that was a big win for people fighting at stadiums because it was not sons and four guys fault and all he did was finish he had the wherewithal to say like a viral line in the midst of beating the shit out of a guy on camera. That's a really hard thing to do. And then the Suns go ahead and win four. Nostradamus. That Cherry guy. on top. Kyler Murray, that's good. Talking about the Cowboys. Kudos to him, man. Kudos to him. I'm glad somebody's willing to come out and say it. You know, I'm glad we've reached the point where people can say it out loud. And you know, I, I said this to you before we, we, we talked about this, but... Uh, He's standing on the shoulders of giants. I mean, Julio Jones, your guy. Julio Jones. A couple weeks ago, opened the floodgates. Said, I don't want to play in Dallas. Everybody knows it's true that they're not like a good organization right now. But nobody comes out and says it on a player end of things. And Kyler Murray said they sucked this weekend. And I just think it's great. And it's also a reminder that nobody born in the 90s really cares about the Cowboys. That power that it holds over me, born in 1985 you know, 40-year-old dudes, they grew up seeing that group. Kyler Murray, a whole generation of kids, this is a reminder that they, like, Cowboys hold no real clout starting now when it comes to adult athletes in the NFL. And on why he was not a Cowboys fan, he said, quote, they were always ass, end quote, which I think should be noted. They were always asked, so that's pretty consistent with the fact that like his entire adult life, how old is Kyle Murray? Probably 23. He was probably mm -hmm. born in the late 90s. Literally, what was the name of that? Like when he was born, the quarterback of the Cowboys was that Quincy guy from Georgia. Quincy Carter? Quincy Carter. Probably when, when Kyle Murray was in diapers, it was Quincy Carter. And when he was growing up, he literally grew up in the Tony Romo era. Okay, so like nothing about that era says that every kid's going to grow up rooting for the Cowboys. I mean, it's just so interesting we've gotten to that point. And I think uh, he should be commended for saying that out loud. I hope we hear more guys being honest about um, how they feel about the Cowboys.
Like I, I was born in 1985. Uh, I didn't care about the Pistons. I was too young when they were dominant. You know, like nobody born in my era is automatically a Pistons fan unless you're from Detroit. There's just certain teams that you know generationally you just missed the boat. And Kyler Murray's the first of many. Hopefully, you got any bad? I got a bad for you. Moonshine Minshew hair gone. Oh no! Did you see that? Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, look it up. Minshew cut his hair, dude. Samson situation. I'm like, is he going to play for the Yankees? Like, what's going on here? Like, why Why would Moonshine Minshew cut his hair? Like, honestly. What are we doing, dude? He had a... He looks well, totally he, regular now. He had a waterfall not long ago. He had, a, he had Angel Falls, the highest waterfall in the world, Venezuela. He was swaggy. I don't know why he cut his hair. That's the bad for me. Oh, he kind of looks like... Uh Hmm. Yeah, bad country singer now. He was his own guy. <laughs> yeah, he went from uh, Billy Ray Cyrus circa 1987 to like... Uh, Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean. <laughs> and this is exactly who I was thinking about too. Now the ugly, by now everybody has heard, hopefully that's all you've, you've heard about the Christian Erickson thing. Uh, Danish soccer player, Euro League, you know, Euro Championships going on right now. I forget who they were playing, but it was like Saturday. I just remember turning on my phone and seeing a trend and then there was like nothing on it, which is pretty like jarring when you're like, did you see that injury? And it's not an injury per se because he dropped, like just, he fell, I I, I saw it. He fell uh, on the ground like suddenly. And from that point, I just have no interest in seeing what's going on after that. I mean, he's probably got the best medical care you could possibly have. There's no need for me to watch along. Um, there's no need for us to watch along. And I thought the, the most interesting thing about that horrible, and by the way, Christian Erickson is, is okay now. The interesting thing about that whole thing is that Twitter did a better job of policing, you know, the timeline than the people working at the networks that are showing for minutes, evidently, him getting his chest pumped zooming in on his wife who's on the field, like this guy could be dead. I mean, that's the thing, like nobody knows what's going on. And if you know what's going on, it's not like you have any information that would that you could glean that it would be okay to show this, that there was gonna be some positive outcome. Nobody knew what was gonna happen. And you know, like if you're in a TV truck and you're like, no, zoom in on camera four, I wanna see somebody administering CPR. I just don't understand what you have to gain there. I don't understand how like you're going to come out of the weekend and and assume that people are going to be like I'm really glad they got that shot. I mean Twitter did a better job, right? And I think that's what's a little bit alarming about that whole thing is that usually the place that you just can't trust that anybody has any human decency actually comes through in the clutch and doesn't disseminate the video readily, but the people that get paid to do this put it on the big screen. Ugly scene. I can't stand that. When I played, there were guys that, you know, with regularity and football would go down and you'd wonder, is this going to be the guy that, that, that I play with that doesn't regain movement in his lower body or that sort of thing? Like, there are cervical spine injuries all the time that pop up in the NFL. There are guys getting their necks stabilized. They're getting rolled over on that back brace. That's a terrible sign you know, getting stabilized when they zoom in on the guy's face to see if he's okay. Like, I always have mixed feelings about that about like being able to show that, that type of thing. I know everybody at home is waiting with bated breath to see if guys are okay. 
But when it comes to CPR, when it comes to like, we don't know what happened to this guy, he might have just had a stroke, he might have had a heart attack, like he could die on the field out there. I just don't see the reason. Can I ask you about a, a similar but less serious situation? Sure. Where are you on fans running onto the field? Should that be shown? Oh yeah, it should be shown. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there are instances. It does incentivize fans to run on the field, but. I guess there have been instances like Monica Sellis where it, it goes very poorly. No, you're right about that. You're right about that. I, I don't remember that one. Well, a little bit different in that she was stabbed and not by like a streaker, but somebody jumped in from the stands. And she stabbed was stabbed. Her. Yeah. Really? Yeah. When we were wee boys. And they, did, they, did they show that? Uh, I don't know if you hear her. You hear her shrieking. It's at a changeover. So I don't know if a telecast was at commercial break or not. You're right though. There is a sinister side of somebody's on the field. It's so funny that like we in society, like the minute somebody acts erratically in public, you're like, oh fuck, what's that person going to do? But whenever it's somebody running on a, on, on a sports field, like we're all like, oh, look at that guy. Right. Surely he's not going to do anything fucked up. And I just did it. Like that guy ran on the field butt naked in the rain uh, at a baseball game the other day and like hid in the, uh, the tarp tunnel yeah which i thought was uh, was hilarious brilliant uh but if we're being honest we don't usually apply those sensibilities to other situations where somebody's acting like super erratically in public and it's funny we we as fans and consumers are like uh you know for uh, a litany of reasons we want to see how long the person can run around we want to see if the person gets decked by a player i always said that i would have decked the streaker well because you're it's like the one one chance dude no repercussions it's your one chance but yeah you're right you make a very good point maybe they shouldn't show that or maybe games should be on delays but we don't want that golly dude it just was too much it was too much it was ugly here's freddy Uh uh-oh yo dude what's up i'm with my my mama dog hi how are you nice to meet you i'm chris can i cuss it with your mom in the car fred Cussing the whole, my mama, my mama, the best cusser. She, <laughs> she taught me how to cuss. No, he got that from his grandma. Nah, nah, my grandma, my mama, <laughs> my whole family. We the best, we the best cussers on the block. That's what we do. We're the best cussers in our very suburban neighborhood. Me and my family. Yes. Which is, I mean, it's like winning the NIT, but you know. Listen, it, it, I would bring y'all are too big to be cut, letting somebody cuss. Got to be cussing anybody out. If the long family was cussing me out, I'm getting away. Hey, dude. <laughs> hey, when you got a dad with a flat top that looks like that getting grounded and you know, when you're when you're when you fuck up and you're on your way home from like a baseball trip that you got kicked off of and dad's waiting at home, it's a little bit different when he's got a flat that, top. That's like going, yo daddy, I would that's like going home to Terminator 2 every day. <laughs> oh um, hey, we're talking about sports. I got Freddie Gibbs here. Dude, I've been waiting to get you on the pod for a long time. One of my Man, favorites. Love- and uh this is real cool, dude. How you doing? Man, this is amazing. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, goddamn uh, starstruck right now. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. No chance. Right. But I've known your music for a while, and in fact, sidebar conversation. I met you at GovBall <laughs> one year when you were at uh, GovBall. I don't know what year. What year did you go to GovBall? That had to be like 2012. 12. Maybe. Yes, because I was still just a drunk, you know, train wreck. 
uh, you know, in my mid twenties. <laughs> and then I saw you at Bonnaroo one time, which was a great. It was a great show. That was maybe like 2016 or something. But I didn't know you were an athlete. I did not know yeah. you. You played ball. Oh man, I, I played. Uh, you know, really, I should have been in the NBA as a, as a basketball all star. But I gave that up and gave that to my little cousin. I let him have that basketball dream. <laughs> and I went, and then I went to play football at Ball State. But you know what I mean. I ain't go to class, so that really stunted my growth as a football athlete. But I played uh, wide receiver there at Ball State, and then uh, it was like twelve wide receivers on the depth chart. And I wasn't one of the fastest ones, so then they moved me over to like uh, safety. So I thrived in safety. The one safe when it when I played safety, I was in the spring game and I dressed and I started traveling with the team. And then I came in and my report card had all Fs, and then I was the end of my football career. Hey, dude, that'll do it. <laughs> I was on academic probation before this year even started. I'm not a dumb nigga. It's just after this self, after you got to apply yourself, and I I didn't apply myself. The only thing I ever applied myself was rap, and I, I guess that's why. Your subject matter is, like, smarter than a lot of people I listen to or don't listen to. And so, like, it's evident, like, you're well-educated, but school is fucked. I mean, the way the way we expect yeah. athletes and, like, people with ADHD like myself and people that just can't sit still to learn in a classroom, it's not conducive right. to people that are, like, outside learners learning inside, if you know what I mean. Yeah, man, I'm scared to send my kids to school, man, especially since I got to pay this high-ass tuition for my daughter, man. I'm tired of that shit. I'm about to homeschool these kids. I'm about, You know what? I'm about to, much as I'm paying for tuition, I'm about to just send my goddamn self to school. And I'm these little motherfuckers. I don't need to pay the tuition. I'm about to put myself there. I'm about to make myself a teacher, and I'm going to teach the motherfuckers at home. I ain't had time to be paying nobody, man. I'm tired of that. I need for myself. Fuck the kids. This is my life. <laughs> Well, the thing about it is I looked at my five-year-old's tuition as well, and I was kind of shook up. I was like, they're just yeah, learning colors and shapes and that sort of thing. I could teach them that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, my, yeah, I could teach all that kindergarten curriculum shit. I know one plus one. And my daughter come home and she'd be, I'd be like, I'd be, she'd be challenging me with some shit. But they doing chemistry and shit like that in her school, man. She's in a private school, man. So I don't know. Maybe by first grade, I might not even know the shit that she's doing, man. My daddy couldn't do my homework. My dad couldn't do my homework either, man. <laughs> hey, Freddie, so after you play ball at Ball State, what happened? Did you go to the Army? Did I read that? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> my, my family like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was getting in some trouble, man, and then, you know, it's this thing that they had called pre-trial diversion. Yeah. When I, went, I knew it was something crazy when I went to my court case. It was an Army nigga in the court. What you doing? The hell you? Why you there, nigga? Ain't nobody trying to be out there. Be. And then he was like, I can get you out of this, man. And I said, look, I ain't snitching, man. He said, look, man, you don't got snitch. <laughs> I should have sued the U.S. government because, you know, that thing that they put you in the Army, they take you to, it's called METS or whatever, where they medically check you out and check yeah. you into all that shit. When I was at, when I was going to METS, I got in a car accident with the recruiter. <laughs> he, when he was driving... And every week got fucked up, and I, I, I was just so, the accident was so bad, I was just happy that God let me be alive and coherent, that I ain't, I was like, you know, I could do some bullshit right now and say I'm hurt, but I think God don't, but God don't like ugly. My mom always told me God don't like ugly, and that would have came back to bite me in the ass, and I wouldn't be rich and famous the way I am right now, so thank you, God. Yeah, it was a close call, and another thing is, that like, was a close call. I but watched, if I would have got fucked up, I would have fucked him up. 
I've watched First 48 before, and they never had, like, the option. I bet some people are like, where the fuck is the Army recruiter option that I can go to, like, serve the country for a couple of years? Yeah, man, that, that, you know, you could do that for real. You just got to ask. <laughs> I didn't you know. I guess ask they just got to ask, dude. Yeah, you got to explain. I just happened to be in the in the courtroom that day when he was there. I was like, what's this? What, you, what can you do for me, man? Because I can't afford my mom. I can't afford this lawyer, man. <laughs> my mom ain't putting that nigga on retainer, so it's going to be you. <laughs> Or a public defender, nigga. I'm playing with a public pretender. No, I like, you I like my odds with man. the recruiter, man. And then you get kicked out of the army. For, I, it, listen, yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not, I'm not assuming yeah. you didn't want to be there, Freddie. But I'm assuming you weren't excited about being there. And so, you know what? <laughs> the army was like jail, because you know when you in boot camp, you got red face, white, uh, yeah, red face, white face, and blue face. It's some real patriotic shit. <laughs> So red, red, so red face is red hot. That's the first what three weeks, and they on your ass. They like yeah, calling you everything. Like I, they like I, the army couldn't. I don't know. I don't know what they doing in the army in this social media cancel era. Because when I was there, they was calling you everything, everything you wanted. You know what I'm saying? Like you couldn't even you couldn't even be gay and be there, right? Yeah. So it's like the uh, I'm like damn. So how do they do the army now? Because when I was there, it was very very boot camp was harsh. When my mama came pick me up for boot camp, I cried like a bitch. I said damn. I said I'm happy as happy get me out. Graduate me, please. My mom made it. True facts, ain't it, mom? Tell the facts. Yeah, you you were supposed to go to reserve. You didn't even do that shit, did you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude. Hey. <laughs> Hey, and here's the kicker, though, dude. If I read it correctly, if I don't want to be somewhere and you tell me all I have to do to get the fuck out of there is light up and get stoned, like, I'm out. Is that I'm really out, as easy was, as it was? It was. You know what? They kicked me out because I grew a beard and I was smoking weed. <laughs> Sign me up. That's, that's what I said. I said, well, this is, this is going down because I want a beard and I want to get high. And you can't stop my life. Hey, bro, you found, like, two of the best trap doors in life of all time. Like, the first 48 <laughs> option that I didn't know existed. Right. And then God and then you could just, like, roll up a blunt and then just yeah, get dishonorably discharged. Dishonorable. But, you know, it, it messed me up, man, because my, I, worked, I went to go uh, work at the post office after that. Oh, that <laughs> Was that the worst? Okay, you've had different jobs. What was the worst job you've ever had? Oh, I didn't get that job. Okay. They just let me in. They said, oh, you've been dishonorable discharged. The worst job I ever had, though. Hmm. Nars. Nah, nah, Best Buy. Best Buy. But I was stealing stuff from the audio department. Oh, I didn't get that. <laughs> Just don't get it. See, Siri, Siri even though Siri like, oh, it's the feds. Yeah, exactly. You can't say shit around computers and they're everywhere. Can't say nothing around Siri. You're an actor now, too. That's crazy. Man, I got uh, some big roles coming up, man. I got the movie role coming. Um... I'm on. I'm on a roll on a big show, but I'm gonna let them announce it because I'm the new villain on a on a on a big show that everybody like, and it's gonna be crazy. I'm definitely a new villain. I'm a villain. You know what I mean? I, I've been telling my agent I want to play bad guys. You know what I'm saying in these movies, and that's what you know. That's what I'm here to do. And I um, I'm about to do do a show. Uh, I'm on a show uh, that Zach Fox produced. I'm about to be doing a lot of stuff in Hollywood, man. I'm about to go meet me. Me and Brad Pitt supposed to go kick it. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, he got all the bitches and you know we 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 I'm like the black person of him. <laughs>
I believe you too, which is that just shows this is how famous you're getting, dude. I believed you. I know. I said, Brad Pitt want to kick with me. That's true. That's facts. He do. He wants to kick it. He probably likes your music, man. Is there anybody you've ever met that was that you were surprised listening to your music? That you were like Drake. star Drake, really? Yeah. I was like, you be listening to my music. That's crazy. All right, cool. <laughs> do you listen to Drake's music? Hell yeah. Do yeah. I like that? Do you like dentists? You gotta listen to Drake. I mean, I feel like the older I get, the less I'm in fucking a nightclub, the less I listen to Drake personally, but that's just me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I listen to some of it. You know, it, it's like when he, when he dropped, you got to check it out. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. He's like one of those guys. You know, he definitely one of those guys that when he dropped, you got to stop and check it out. You know what I'm saying? Best rapper actor. The best rapper slash actor would have to be Ice Cube. I agree with you, dude. Three Kings, man. George Definitely Clooney and pretty, fucking Mark Wahlberg. He's the best combination. He's a, a Hall of Fame rapper and a great actor. He great. He developed great concepts. He made Friday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if there's anybody that you want to model it after, it's cute for sure. You know what I mean? That's definitely the footsteps that I'm trying to go into. Because this rap money ain't shit. Fuck this rap money. I don't want to rap. I want to do it. I, why, why you think he did movies and then he don't get he rap when he wants to? You know well, I heard you talk about this on Bandana, how the, the pie gets divided up. Oh, yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, uh, for an artist like me, you know what I mean? I, you know, came with, you know, just an independent mentality. You know what I mean? And I've been, you know, keeping that same thing, even with, you know, me being signed to Warner. You know what I mean? The, you know, my deal is like different. Right. Than a lot of, you know, other people, because, you know, I, you know, I'm, I got a real, you know, do it yourself mentality. So I got to keep that. You know, one of the things I heard you say is you're proud of being versatile and that, yeah. you know, like, does that include like playing well with others, too? Because I like some of the combinations I would never expect to see somebody with you and vice versa. And then you'll uh -huh. just surprise people and it'll fucking work. Yeah, man. Like, I just like working with different people. You know, what I'm saying? and I like kind of like stepping outside the box and not doing the usual rap shit you know what i'm saying yeah like say for instance i just did a a fucking comedy show last week you know what i'm saying and you know one of the main reasons i did that is because i never saw a rapper do that so i was like yo if i if i can pull this off i could you know i could possibly make history you know what i'm saying so i just want to just do other shit that, that that everybody else ain't doing i feel like everybody wears the same thing everybody drives the same car everybody got the same girl that's why i keep my girl swapped out in different different countries <laughs> you know what i'm saying i hear the last you know, i went to a party last night you know the migos it, it was the same host you know what i mean that you know was at another party you know that tupac song reigns true you know what i'm saying every other city yes. we go i see the same so it's like i be trying to get different flavors of holes from different countries and stuff like that and I fly them in and different stuff. I don't know at all. I don't like doing the same thing everybody else do. Well, you like novelty, which is fair. I, mean, I like variety. I'm I was, I was I'm hoping a, to I'm ask a you. Yeah, well, yeah, good for you. I was hoping to ask you. Yes. So was the Greek freak's friend also Greek? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I wonder, as I'm, I'm bouncing around here, but like my brain's like a pinball, but like Pinball machine. You gotta smoke That's all you do. You That's just smoke. what I'm doing, dude. I fucking hey, I need a little little upper and then some downer. I need some coffee. How much do you smoke? Do you smoke like? Can you work and smoke? I can do everything and smoke. I yeah. smoke before I work out, before church, all that shit. Before church, <laughs> I would <laughs> definitely helps you keep focus on what's yeah. going. Yeah, you ever know we talking about shit? I'll be in there high. <laughs> <laughs>
And you can remember all your, you can remember all your lines. You can remember all your lines. You never blank out on stage if you're too stoned. No, I never, never. That helped me get better. Like when I do this acting, you know, I actually have a a, a a little drink before I do acting. They give me a little whoop. You know what I'm saying? And I got to have a blood. It's a routine, man. You know what I'm saying? It's you know, it's, it's medication. That's how I look at it. Dude, I totally hear you. I definitely and my producers would like me to probably smoke less when I'm making a podcast because then th you know, like some things happen and they have to cut certain things, and I'm all over the place. But it does help me sometimes to just kind of lock me in a little bit. Does almost the opposite of what people would think it's supposed to do. Yeah. That's what I feel. I locked in. And if I forgot some shit, I didn't need that in my life. <laughs> yeah, I didn't need to remember start that. using that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't need it. Yeah. It, it wasn't meant for me to remember. But I definitely, uh, I definitely, if I go public speaking, I definitely do more than just a, a sip of whiskey. I do like probably a whole big tall glass of it. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to him. Uh, it's kind of fucked up. But I talked at a mega church once, and it's not because I'm disrespecting the church. I was soliciting funds for my foundation. Talked at a mega church like Joel Osteen. Bro, listen, I had to do it because I was trying to I was trying to raise money for our clean water initiative. I got a foundation and all that shit. But I'm back in the back, and right. I'm, I'm sneaking liquor. I'm sneaking shots of liquor, and I felt kind of wrong. Yeah. That was the only time I ever felt wrong. I'm like, I, I I feel like if it's a mega church, I'm allowed to get away with it. If it was like a regular church that like you know 40 people were sitting in, I wouldn't have done it. But the mega church, they already showed us that whatever you know, whatever happens, happens in a mega church. Yeah, man. I mean, like, you, if you're in a mega church, I think you should be able to smoke weed in a mega church. Honestly, <laughs> it's a fucking mega church. Like, it should be a room where you can smoke weed. Like, you know, like I went in the airport and they got them rooms where they got like the smokers room now. Yeah. Oh, you dude. Know what I'm saying? Like the airport smoker room. The airport smoker room. I just talked they about this on the podcast last week, Fred. They gotta let you smoke in there, bro. How fucked up is that when you're like, like you're you're walking through O'Hare and then there's a hot box room full of people that just couldn't wait. They could not right. fucking wait, dude. And the 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 crazy part about that is that's so fucking toxic. These motherfuckers in there smoking cigarettes. Yes, dude. Standing next to a Joe Camel statue, like there's something wrong, man. How can you sit? You know what? I'm so glad that they banned cigarettes indoors because i i can't sit indoors next to a cigarette smoker i'd be like yo like when i be in europe and then the EA at the bar and everybody got a cigarette i'm like i need a gas mask in that motherfucker. Oh, yeah, i could not inhale secondhand smoke is like rat poison and fuck up like, your nice clothes fuck? yeah that too man i'm like bitch why do you smoke i don't fuck bitches <laughs> that smoke cigarettes if you smoke cigarettes baby you gotta get away from me baby <laughs> Smoking cigarettes, I, I don't want to, like, I'm sure, like, some people, like, some suburban mothers listening to this are too stressed out and they're ripping heaters on the back porch, so I'm not passing judgment if you need your fix. I mean, I, I'd assume Freddie's definitely not passing judgment on that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I am. This bullshit. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm judging. I'm judging you, bitch. Don't wear it. Don't smoke that shit. <laughs> All right, so producers, like, I think one of the most interesting things about you that separates you to me, because... I'm not going to lie, like, you know, somebody who's got amazing lyrical content, which you do, but somebody just makes it a point to be like, hey, listen, my lyrics are so boiled down, you need to be listening, don't worry about the production, like, I can't listen to that, you know what I mean? Like, I love music, I love riding in the car, listening to music, I love, like, different vibes, I love versatile music that I could smoke to, work out to, the whole nine yards, like, Alfredo, I could do all four or five things listening to Alfredo. What's cool about you is you're really selective about who you work with, I feel like, from a production standpoint, 
and you also share the wealth like when it comes to the credit how did you like, get like that i feel like the like you said man the, the fucking like beats and shit is like it, it's imperative to what you do so it's like i feel like i kind of got to be a snob when it comes to like picking beats you know what i'm saying like i gotta like you know it, it, it gotta be you know uh, uh, a combination of popular but a little bit obscure as well you know what i'm saying so it's just like like alchemist and madlib i just felt like that was cool shit that nobody else was doing you know what i'm saying like especially madlib you know what i'm saying alchemist you know what i mean he got a, a, a little more mainstream shit than uh madlib but uh both of those guys, you know those two two of my favorite producers so it's just you know i really needed them to like keep me sharp yeah as a rapper you know what I mean? And, and and that's what working with guys like that do. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just keeps you sharp. So now when I go in with, uh, like, last night I was with Metro Boomin. You know what I mean? When yeah. I go in with guys like that, you know what I mean? When I go in with Boy Wonders, you know, guys like that, I'm I'm sharp and I'm ready to go. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, like Mad Lib and Alchemist, you know, they kind of, like, took me to rap school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I mean, you get to work with, like, I love the way you choose your features, I feel like you're like totally blown up now, but when you came out with Pinata, like I don't think you were as mainstream, and you had Raekwon on Pinata, and I'm like, so the respect right. was the like, the industry respect from the people that you most wanna be respected by is there before the success commercially, because you don't seem to ever chase the commercial success, you just, you do your craft, and then whatever happens, happens. Right, that's when I be hearing people like, yeah, I'm a fan of your music, I would be like, what, for real? I, I, you know, because I just look at like, guys that got like so much commercial success it's like I, i'm a fan of that i don't even like look at like us in the same world I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense like like when drake was like yo i'm a fan of your music i'm like oh cool like i don't even <laughs> you know what i mean like, but i feel like you're humble dude like you're honestly humble i you got enough like confidence you know because you couldn't do what you do you couldn't have been through in your life what you've right. been through i can tell just as an athlete i feel like i look at people as competitors and how they talk about other people you know, like the tone with which they like analyze other musicians or like, I've always seen you in interviews, give people their respect. And right. then when you, you don't, you're not out to tear people down, but you're honest not about it. You give your takes, you, you know what I mean? Like, right. you're respectful about things. And that's like a, a level of humility that, you know, I just noticed you have, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely humble. I still think I'm the best rapper, though. You, you can still be humble and think you're the best. Definitely, I still think I'm the best, and I, I feel like I revolutionized something, like because you know, it's been it's never been a rapper from where I'm from. It's never been a rapper from Gary, so you know, like what, like I didn't have an example to really draw from coming up, so I had to create it. You know what I mean? You know, so like I said, I, I feel like I revolutionized revolutionized the position that I'm in, sort of like Ed Reed. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. You know, if I was a football player, I'd be Ed Reed. Well, you just answered a question I had written down to ask you later. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Reed's a fucking dog and the coolest dude in the world off the field, too. Dog, man. Man. I mean, That's he was like amazing. He's just one of my favorite people, period. I just love the way he played the game, man. And just love, you know what I'm saying, everything about Ed Reed. But also, like, the same way, I guarantee you he thinks he's the best safety of all time, but he's a humble dude. Like, he, he respects the game. He respects, you know, like the way people play the game, and and uh, he he was cool. I've only met him like twice, but I thought he was super cool. You started out uh, Alfredo with nineteen eighty five, and that's probably yeah. my favorite song on the album. And I'm wondering, yeah. like, what goes into you guys are talking, you and Alchemist, and you're like, we got to start this off on this foot, or does it just lay out naturally? Honestly, 
we was just watching the last dance. Yeah, we was like, yo, I want to, we was like, bro, what the fuck? Like, th this shit is amazing. You know what I'm saying? And like, when he when he played the beat and it hit the guitar and it was just like, yo, I can't think of nothing but like the Chicago Bulls. So <laughs> yeah, it was like that, that song, it came together like that. And, you know, and us sitting in the studio watching that shit, it really inspired this album. So it really, you know, now we got to find some other shit to watch. Scotty Beam, you had Rick Ross on there and I feel like that was like the perfect placement for him. And I don't know how that oh, yeah. works. Do you like reach out to him when you hear the beat from out or are you like, hey, you know, this would be the perfect guy. This would be my 1A to get on this track. Yeah, yeah. Scotty Beam sounded kind of like luxurious to me. So I was just like, yo, I got to get the most luxurious rapper on it, you know, and Rick Ross, you know, to talk, you know, that that real shit blended with that rip shit, that rip, that rich shit. And, you know, before I made Scotty Beam, I think I was like listening to like Santorini Grease, this song he got. I fucking love and that I, song, dude. I was just like, yo, man, this dude is one of the best rappers. I got to like rap alongside of him, you know what I mean, to uh, get my skill level up. I'm thinking about people that pick like really good beats to rap on and like pick good production. You're up there and Rick is up there. Rick Ross, to me. That's how I like, feel. I feel like you definitely pick some of the best beats. I'll be like, yo, I'm going to send you this song we just did. Really? Really. Crazy. Dude, that's great. Crazy. I'm so glad you guys like work well together and get along because like y'all need to be doing music together, bro. Yeah, man. Like Ross, one of those guys. Ross, Pusha, like those guys that I like do a whole project with. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, hopefully one day that'll happen. But, uh, you know, those guys I look up to the most, you know, in, in the rap rap shit really push makes me think about palm olive and i'm like i always wonder because as a fan when i first hear that song i like lean in and i'm like holy shit like when i first hear that sample and like just the whole vibe of that thing it's like you're yeah. entering another world dude like and i wonder if you the first time you hear mad lib like bring you that do you recognize in that moment that like holy shit this is gonna be a fucking bloodbath here yeah, I be knowing like from the beats. That's why I be like, yo, okay, yeah, this the one. I, you know, I look at every beat. I don't know. It's kind of like a movie score. And I just got to just do the acting, you know? That's yeah. how I look at it. And um, like that, you know, the track was just like, it was just, it was screaming at me. So I just had to just like, you know, do what I had to do. And I was like, let me get somebody on here that's going to really cut into this shit. And it was, it was pusher. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we just did, we just did, me and him just did a new record too. That's crazy. Um, I, I love collabing with guys that I respect. You know what I'm saying? Um, Pusha always comes through. Ross always comes comes through. Um, you know, sometimes it'd be like shit where like, I'm not one of those guys that's just gonna uh, take a verse from any rapper. Right. Kind of got to be A1. Right, dude. You know yeah. I, I trust those guys and they always come A1. So I don't, you know what I mean? I don't work with rappers before and they didn't, and people didn't guy gave me verses on songs and I just like took it off. How awkward is that? Like, do they learn when, do they find out when the album drops or? Yeah, it's awkward when you got to see a, a person and shit like that. But you know, um, it is what it is. While I'm working on my album, you know, I, I don't really got to answer to nobody or answer no questions. As long as I didn't steal nothing from the artist or I did like, uh, fuck over them financially, then then I'm good. But uh, you know, if it's something that we do that I don't use, I don't. Um, you shouldn't feel bad about that. I, you know, I used to take that to heart when I was early in my career, especially when I was around Jeezy. 
You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, the you would you'd be crazy to know the amount of songs I was on that I got taken off and songs that I wrote. You know what I mean? Got taken off and wasn't included in. So you know that's just you know that's just how the industry goes. You know what I mean? Like we make a lot of music. You know what I mean? And we put a lot of music out, but it's a the majority of it we don't. Well, I mean, this podcast right here, we spent, we do like, you know, I saw you went on Rogan. We, we go like a long time. And so there's a lot that ends up on the cutting floor. And you also learn that like in our industry too, now that I'm a podcaster and I've gone on other people's shows and shit like that, I start to notice that like, damn, that conversation didn't make it. And there's nothing personal. It just means that either there wasn't enough time or like maybe as a creator, you're just being extra like particular, which you got every right to be particular as art. And your name's on right. it. It's your shit, exactly. So, but plus, push probably. I feel like push, like fuck, dude. He went toe to toe with like Kendrick on nostalgia. He went toe to toe with Jay on Drug Dealers Anonymous. He like every time he's working with somebody else who's his equal. You know, like the way I would think of you guys as peers. He's got to raise your level too. I mean, it's just got to be like, damn, I absolutely need my A game here. Yeah, he wanted the best guys like that. You want to rap with rappers that make you want to rap better. You know what I mean? Not the not the other way around. You know. What was the deal with the guy's voice on Bandana off the top of the <laughs> album and at the end, the guy calling people bitches and shit with the the accent? Obrigado. Nah, man. <laughs> mad lib, bro. <laughs> All mad lib, mad lib, putting concepts in there. You know, shit like that, man. It, that's what makes it a mad lib album. Those interludes and those uh the way he interlinks the album together him and him and alchemist are some of the best at that i also think it's pretty cool that you do a lot of like and for people that grew up listening to 90s music i bet like you were listening to music and you understood all the references i was learning as i was listening to suburban white kid but like we grew up listening to the same music i'm sure i had like a fucking cork board of dmx posters and you know like i had all the mixtapes in college and shit and i just i just feel like it's raps changing where it's not like verse hook verse anymore like we're well past that and i love that you guys do such unstructured stuff and you'll be guessing and the Beatles switch up like kendrick does a lot of cool shit like or did god i hope he makes right. an album again soon i think he will i think that he's just like if i was him i, I would i would make y'all wait too i mean mm-hmm. he's one of the greatest of all time you know what i mean so it's just like you know when you get to the point in this game man when you don't got nothing to prove like you know, yeah, guy like Kendrick ain't got nothing to prove, man. And it's just like, and look where rap is at, man. It's so fucking goofy and shit right now. You know what I mean? You like, it's not, it. it's not a great, it's not a great time to be a rapper. Well, maybe it is money wise and the opportunities, but like the music, not so much. I think that everything's become like a. Uh, disposable and the and the more music has become disposable the uh less effort has been put into it you know what i mean so i just think we in a disposable music era the streaming area era and you know ain't nothing really getting slow cooked or fine-tuned anymore you know some of it is you know you know a good a good amount of it is but a good amount of it isn't one thing about uh the references on bandana about like you made a couple references to you know, back in the day when you kind of got hooked on lean. And yeah. I wonder if you, like, it's crazy to me to think about all the, presumably all the Coke and all the crack you sold and you never got hooked on anything 
you never like got sucked down that wormhole and it was <laughs> cough syrup you know what i mean like is that yeah was there ever a moment you know where it you're was? like this shit dude you know what it was man it, it was a culture thing yeah you know what i mean like it, it ain't it, the culture of you know drug dealing it was, you know and being in the streets it wasn't cool to smoke crack like you we you know luckily i saw what crack did to people so i'm like yeah i don't want to be a crackhead or i don't want to be a cokehead or you know what i mean i don't think i can handle those kind of drugs you know what i'm saying but then when you see like one of your a uh, homie of yours that's rich and affluent and he drinking this fucking cough syrup and you know you you look at it like oh shit it can't be that bad right. if this guy drinking this you know what i'm saying and he's still functioning and all of that shit but you know drugs affect everybody every everyone's body different man so it's like you know I wonder how long, because you've been at it a while, and now you're at your peak. I mean, and I thought yeah. you or Jay Electronica should have won the Grammy. Like, that's not taking anything away from Nas or anything like that, dude. But. Right. Definitely should have won the Grammy. I'm still selling goddamn Alfredo bedspreads. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Alfredo was the best rap album last year. If you say anything different, then whatever. I got a t-shirt, dude. I got a t-shirt. It's supposed to be here soon. So, you're going to be 40 soon. Back in the day, yeah. I don't feel like it was as easy for rappers to, like, age gracefully with their lyrical nah. content and with like the maturity mm -hmm. that you, you, so who does that the best? Is it just Jay or is there somebody else that, that off the top of your head has done that really gracefully into their forties and fifties even? Uh, shit, Jay, push, um, fucking Ross, I mean, shit, all the guys that I fuck with pretty much, you know what I mean? I feel like they, I, I just think that, uh, the culture of rap yeah. stops people from, age and gracefully you know what i'm saying we like quick to like throw our superstars away when they turn 30 or some shit like that right. it's like yo like what the fuck like rap rap is a sport but it doesn't have to be a 19 year old sport you know what i'm saying it's like i look at country singers i mean shit like travis tritt them motherfuckers is like 60 and they still <laughs> selling out ball, dude. yeah you know what i'm saying so yeah. it's like how come as a rapper i can't rap when i get older like I gotta, I gotta just, just rap when, when I'm 20. Yeah. Right. So, and and I, I, and I feel like Jay Z blazed the trail for that. You know what I mean? Like being as being the quintessential, like you know, OG, and and just showing you the the real longevity and the long play. You know what I mean? Like the the long play of this shit is you know to keep you young and keep you fresh is to get you a Beyonce. Right. <laughs> how, how close are you? To, how close are you to making that play? <laughs> oh man, uh, you know, it's only one Beyonce, so you know. But I, you know, I will take all imitators. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so Freddie's looking for Beyonce uh, imitators. I'm they might have some I mean, on Cameo. Beyonce honestly, Freddie, there's a lot of fucking imitators on Cameo. You might just be able to just get straight to the source. Somebody asked me to get on Cameo. I said I want two thousand dollars for every birthday shout out. It's too the, the the charges are too low. Okay, so what's next for you? I hear about SSS Triple S, my new album. I'm almost done with that. That's gonna be great. I'm just man, working on music, man. Alchemist was at my house yesterday. You know, uh, Otis. We always get in whenever he want to get in. I'm just working, man. Like I don't really have a deadline or anything of that nature. You know, when when uh when I'm you know kind of ready, then I'm gonna take it there. But um. I'm probably working on like four different albums at once, man. It'd be like that sometime, you know? Dude, let's fucking go. Awesome, dude. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. Freddie Freddy Gibbs, man, appreciate the time. Love the music. Come back and talk sports, whatever you want to bullshit on. 
We'll do it again, hopefully. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, Big take it fan, easy, bro. Man. No, hey, yes, likewise, bro. How about Freddie Gibbs, huh? Dynamite. As advertised by you, Dynamite. It was a joy to listen to What that. was your favorite part of that interview? <sighs> Probably third part. About? You know, his, uh, his inspiration, his why, yeah. what, what resonated with me. Yeah. You? What was you your guys, favorite you part? You guys have similar up, upbringing? I, no, I didn't say that, but we have similar whys, you know? Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. Did you have a favorite part? Honestly, my favorite part, well, when he kind of let us in on a little secret about some songs he was releasing, I thought that was cool. Or maybe, is that a secret or not, Taylor? Were we the first ones that you had you read about that anywhere else? No, that was a secret. We, that's not on the internet. That's exclusive. That's an exclusive joint. I would also say uh, with Freddie, just the fact that a guy can, like a guy that, that raps like him, he's acting, he did comedy the other day. He did like some stand-up. I didn't even dig in on that. I love the fact that he thinks he should be in the NBA. He's just, he's a funny dude. He's funny. He's smart. I, I thought it was, a, it was a great interview. And uh, if you listen to his music, he might kind of intimidate you. But he seems like a chill dude. Happy um, birthday, Freddie. Yeah, happy birthday, Freddie. Happy birthday, Juan Casar. Happy birthday, Dave Kane. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dave Kane. Wahoo voice. Couple Kaniacs in here. He's got a great voice, doesn't he? Dulcet tones. Can you do his voice? Uh, no, actually, I can't. He can do a great John Thompson, too. The late oh, he great. does do a, a late great John Thompson. Coach John Thompson. Uh, big shout out to Dave Kane. Hey, it's flag day. It was. Sure <laughs> was. You got a favorite flag or two? Well, let's kick it to Cowboy Reed first. I tasked Cowboy Reed with finding a couple he liked. There are so many flags. So many beautiful flags. So many flags. So many elite flags. There's so many. You, it's hard to get it down to five. We tried to get to five. I started at 22 solid flags. Uh, spoiler alert, and no offense to the country where we live, flag didn't make it. Nah, not for me either. Nor me. <laughs> Jeez, Reed. <laughs> what do you think, Reed? What, what, what are the best flags out there? My five, I've got the Bahamas, the Barbados, Kiribati, which looks like Kiribati, but... Oh, you, Kiribati? Kiribati? Kiribati was on my also receiving votes. Yes. Oh, uh, you know what? That's Guys, yes. Kiribati, beautiful flag in a lot of ways. Probably could go for a little bit of a better color scheme. If they pulled that off with some different colors, like the red skies throw me off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Like, it's so elite. I agree with you. I just feel like they could do better with the flag. Hello, Kiribati. My main selling point was the uh, frigate bird. Golden frigate bird. Frigate bird? Above the sun. Yep. Loose, bird. loose translation. Fuck it. <laughs> Actually, Uruguay. So my thing about the Uruguay flag is that the, because it's on my big board too, but um, it's that 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 sun is kind of low key cheeks. Kind of looks like disagree. That is a happy looking sun. Okay, I think it's like moderately cheeks rendition of a sun, uh, but a beautiful flag nonetheless. I only have one crossover with the cow. Well, none in the top five. My, uh, that uh, Kiribati, whatever that is, uh, made my also receiving. How you want to do this? Uh, I'll go with my number one first. Wow, really? 
you want to go number five first. I just, I'm so proud of my number one that I want to purchase a copy oh, the, of the flag dude, we, of my number one, and I want to put it above my bed like I had the the in college. There's there's a high chance I buy a, a flag of my number one. I either had shirtless let's, Kenny Chesney. Let's put it here above my bed. Let's put it here. Done deal. We'll be a sister podcast of that country. Love it. It'll end up on Wikipedia because you know how all the countries have sister countries. Yes, it'd be, we'll be great. A brother, we'll be a brother podcast. Brother podcast of Marshall Islands. Oh, nice, 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 nice. That's my number one. I had to say it. Okay, that's dope. Marshall Islands. Okay, now Marshall Islands got a very long look from me. Oh, how could it not win the whole damn thing? The orange and the blue. Oh, my God. The white stripe is brightness. The orange stripe is bravery and wealth. The equator is just south of uh, Marshall Islands. That's what the the white stripe is uh, I got a weird, like, airline vibe from it. I like that flag a lot, man. The more I look at it. Do you want to round out your five? Or you want to hear my one? Uh, let's go Bahrain. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go Bosnia Herzegovina. Bahrain. Yeah. Bahrain also receiving votes for me. Okay, got votes for you. Malawi. Malawi has a sick flag. Thirty-one rays in their sun, representing the thirty-first state to be freed from. European rule. How's that sound to an Anglophile? I like Hong Kong's flag. Hong Kong has a very dope flag. You know, I want to put Saudi Arabia deserves a shout out. Okay? Don't know what that writing says. And there's a sword. I think it's dope looking. I love green. You're right about that. Dominica, you mentioned this, is a really dope flag. Probably received some votes for you as well. In my top three. Yep, yep, yep. Brazil, chalky but in my top five. So my top five probably looks Marshall Islands, Brazil, Malawi, Hong Kong, and uh, Bahrain. How about Bahrain coming in at five? My top five, I'm going to go Montenegro, South Korea. Um, Maybe we just see it too often, but a lot going on there, a lot that I like. We have um, trigrams. We have four sets of black bars or trigrams. I don't even know what those are. Okay, top three. Dominica, as you said, consisting of a green field bearing a cross of yellow, black, and white stripes. In the center of the flag, a red disc bears an imperial parrot encircled by green stars. That's Dominica, and it's amazing. That's Uh, Dominica in a nutshell. Also, if you've ever been to Dominica, that's exactly the type of thing you you could s- expect to see there. Also, top three, Kazakhstan, a gold sun with thirty-two rays above a soaring golden step eagle. Step eagle, step eagle. Both uh, Kazakhstan is a really dope uh, flag. Thank man. you, Good thank choice. you. On Good a choice. sky blue field, the hoist side displays a national ornamental pattern. Kashkar muis, the horns of the ram in gold. And my number one, a flag I will be buying, the flag of Zambia, a green field with an orange colored eagle in flight over rectangular block of three vertical stripes colored from left to right in red, black, and orange. And it's off centered, which I love. I'm a big symmetry guy. Yeah. 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 But this is like, this hey, works for you. we're doing our own thing. This is really cool and retro looking. You know, I, I I don't know how you you came across this, but nice work. Thank you. I also like the the Welsh flag. It's a dra- it's just a dragon. 
Or no, it's a lion. It's a lion. Is it not? Is it a lion or a dragon? It's definitely I guess I don't something. like the flag that much. <laughs> well, we talked through it, which is... I will tell you what the most cheeks flag uh, in the entire universe is, and that's Armenia's flag. Check that one out. Let's just roast the fuck out of that flag. Nothing against the country or the people, <laughs> but I mean, red, blue, and orange. Yeah. Explain that color combo to me. Like th those colors just don't go together. You made it your your entire country's flag. No, I, I'm not Armenian flag, and I'm I'm sorry. I know some people who are Ar Armenian. Uh, I apologize. Germany and Belgium, figure it out. Figure it out. Ireland, Ivory Coast, figure it out. You know, tricolor, same colors. Am I right? No, you're right. You're right. Italy, Hungary. Yep. Yeah, no, 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 no. Marshall Islands. I'm going to get a Marshall Islands flag. I'm going to go Zambia. Okay, and we're going to throw those things up here. Tight. Maybe we can get a bumper sticker. Yeah. A little less of a commitment. No, I'm going to get a flag. I'm going to get a flag. Real flag. Yeah. Where do you think we... Well, have room to put it if we do sweet wallpaper back yeah, here yeah. and it's green, mm -hmm. my Zambia flag might not work. I might well, put it above my bed at my home. Okay. I'm sure you can clear wife. that with your <laughs> lovely wife. Yeah. Happy Flag Day, everybody. We're going to talk about a movie now. Here's my review. Uh, the Color Maroon, T.C. Williams High School, Okay. Denzel Washington. I think there was a car accident. Yes. And uh, that's all I got. These are the ages of the actors. Don't tell the people at home. These are the, the ages of the actors oh, playing wow. the high school kids. Look at that. I have okay. my index card. I'm going to tell Coach Wookie. Now, Wookie's going to come in, talk some college baseball to remind you guys, Wookie did play at UVA. So he knows, uh, he knows the ropes. And, uh, Which is making its fifth appearance in Omaha. Yeah, but at the time of record, Wookie and I did not know that they were headed to Omaha. So, hey, Reed, how should we say bye to Macon? Macon, would you please kindly fuck off? <laughs> Respectfully. You got no choice, man. You got to go. Wookie's, uh, Wookie and I are going to do Remember the Titans. So come back Thursday, Make Peace. Coach Wookie, what's the fastest fastball you've ever hit? You sent me that pitching ninja thing last night. 98 mile per hour fastball up and in on a, I don't know where the kid was, but it was the Vandy pitcher, yeah? Jack Leiter, yeah. I think fastest I ever hit was 94, 95. I faced a guy who was like a Team USA pitcher from Clemson that threw 97, 98. Didn't have a shot. No chance, huh? No chance. I, that was when I realized like I am not a pro player. Where does it hurt to get hit by the ball the most in college? Any place with bone. So like elbow, shin, kneecap, ankle, Ugh. face obviously. But like they teach you to like... Face obviously. Yeah, face obviously. Did anybody ever get hit bad in the face on one of your teams? Yeah, John Metzger hit a guy from NC State in the face once. Blew his face up, started a big brawl. But he hit him with a changeup. Yeah, and if you were going to try to really... If you're trying to destroy somebody's face... Hard to place a changeup, yeah. So we thought that was an unnecessary fight. But I mean... Pitchers don't aim for the head. Like, that's... That's code. That's law. That's bad. You don't aim for the head. No. A uh, professional hit job is like six inches above the butt, square in the middle of the back. That shit just seems like an annoying kind of like pinchy hurt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's pinchy. Not, yeah, not the thud as much of the upper back as the, uh, the pinchiness of... Yeah, they teach hitters to like turn and roll and make your... I can see where they roll. That right? makes sense. Because then it bounces off like, you know, muscle.
look, what the hell is going on with the College World Series? Can Virginia win the whole thing? They play in about 40 minutes. Look, Virginia's had to overcome a lot to get to where they are. They started the ACC like way under 500. So they've rallied to get there. I think they can beat Dallas Baptist. I think a lot of people slept on Dallas Baptist because they're like, who's that? Well, Dallas Baptist is a team that's had like 10 of their last 11 seasons have 40 wins or more. I didn't even know the place existed. No offense to that. They're like the crown jewel of the whole Dallas Baptist athletics department. Like their baseball team is good. So can UVA win? Yeah, they're evenly matched and I think UVA can do it. Are you skirting the big question? The big question is- Can UVA win the whole thing? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm looking at Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Texas, and Arizona going, mm, it's going to be tough for the ACC. Why? You were talking to me about, what is it, Vandy has two aces, basically, oh. that are both just like studs. So Vanderbilt has Jack Leiter, which is Al Leiter's kid. He's all over Twitter. He's intense. He throws 98, just pure gas. Uh, they got another guy, uh, uh, Kumar Rocker. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think they have the two best pitchers in college baseball, mm-hmm. and they're both filthy. And so... I mean, you know, we saw Arizona beat um, Ole Miss, and I think the first match is Arizona, who's sporting the best batting average in college baseball, going against Vanderbilt in game one. Ugh, Arizona was just peppering somebody last night at Blew 1 up. I, we went to watch Remember the Titans, yeah. and the game when I hit play on Remember the Titans was just starting, and when I turned the game off, it was like 13 to 4. Yeah. It was like 1 a.m. I'm like, let the kids go home. It's <laughs> over. Other games, I think the biggest story coming out of baseball right now is that NC State knocked off the number one overall seed, Arkansas. I looked at that and thought Arkansas is going to breeze by. I mean, NC State's got a good ball club. Like Virginia, they rallied early from a bad start in the ACC, but game one was 21-2 Arkansas. NC State beating Arkansas is insane that the number one seed is out. So, like, the fact that NC State's going and Arkansas isn't, I don't think anybody would. favor for everybody. Yeah. Other teams. So, I mentioned Tennessee as a team to watch. The mojo coming out of Tennessee is amazing. Their fans are raucous. People complain about them, right? Ooh, they break the unwritten rules. uh, Yeah. Their mascot, they're playing LSU Tigers. Their mascot dresses up as Tiger King going into the clinching game. Oh, nice. To totally troll their team. Tennessee. So if you want to have some entertainment on the Tennessee, first, entertainment value. Look up Drew Gilbert's walk-off Grand Slam in the regional. It is the most amazing pimp job I've ever seen. It's a walk-off Grand Slam, right? The bat flip is perhaps the most epic bat flip. You know, this is what you do when you when you don't have to see a team anymore. You right. don't do this. <laughs> That's exactly where I was like, headed. Yeah, you don't like just like in football <laughs> when you hey, listen. The thing about football is when you beat a team at the end of the season, like it's fucking over. You can talk as much shit as you want, <laughs> but after the first one, like you can call, you can say this is you know soft or this is you know like you should talk shit, win or lose or no matter what. I, I do think you know you tell young guys hey, if we got to see these guys again down the road. This is a pimp job like Wright State doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> like, so my takeaway is if this wasn't a walk-off and they had a game the next day, it's so bad the next the first three hitters of the game you get think, it. Three. Yeah. Like just three in a row. This is unbelievable. I was You uh, got you it's awesome. If Virginia if Virginia leaves the tournament for some reason, I might have to root for Tennessee. So just to fill uh, out the rest of the field, Stanford, uh nine seed. Yeah. They're a solid club. They got a good, solid ace pitcher and uh, Brendan Beck. They had 73 home runs as a team, led the Pac-12. So they're not a bad nine seed to make it. Notre Dame, Mississippi State, that is the uh, 7 o'clock game tonight. Mm. Notre Dame 
I mean, people aren't used to Notre Dame being good at baseball. How have I not been gambling on this shit? <laughs> Can you help me? I could. So Notre Dame, Mississippi, people are like, Notre Dame, they're only good at other, you know, baseball. They're actually, they had a good season in the ACC. Like, they have a good Why team. Why wouldn't Notre Dame be good at everything? They're just grandfathered into relevancy. I mean, Correct. like, they get to choose who they play. They get all the national TV deals. They, there's a big Jesus outside the stadium that feels like cheating. I think people thought Mississippi State was going to roll over Notre Dame. Notre Dame's better than that. Uh huh. But I gotta say, if I were gambling tonight, I'd go Mississippi State. Well, people will know if you're an idiot in the morning. Exactly, because I, you got to give the home team. They're hosting. It's their home crowd. It's going to be loud. Oh, they got cowbells and so shit. So if it's one-one, game three, Mississippi State giving one and a half tonight. Oh, give it over under. Give is- it. Twelve and a half. Give it. I'm taking the over. <laughs> Mississippi State's going to win about eleven to to three. The last one is the uh, is Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas is. If you Google their NCAA baseball tournament stats, dude, they. I did not realize how many times they've been here. <laughs> it's like the whole thing is like. But the last national championship they had was 2005. Look, they got great pitching, great depth. They've got like a scrappy hustle kind of style offense like yeah. really good on the base paths like they can lay down a button get the job done yeah, yeah timely hits like you know i like the top four i like are texas tennessee arizona vandy i like arizona not for any reason other than that like it'd be fun to see somebody who's not in the uh bible belt or in yeah. the sec win the whole thing but it should be a good series i think the acc's got a tough road to get out though I don't think the I think the ACC's got too many good teams to get through. Go who's and of course I kind of shared with you this story about uh, Shock, yeah, uh, the the pitcher from Virginia. There, I cannot wait for that. So you've heard the story. People will people hear have it no when idea. We get him on the pod, but like it's just incredible the the coincidence that has occurred here. Coach Wookie's here to kick off this this series where this summer. We, on Mondays, talk about some football movies. Shout out to The Raw Room, our, our friends over there at The Raw Room, Darren Bates. The other day, they, they sparked uh, an evergreen debate, which somebody sparks once a year about like who's the best, what's the best football movie. I am somebody that, as you could imagine, if there were a bunch of movies made about your profession, and maybe there are, uh, depending on who you are listening out there, you hate most of them. Yeah. I don't like football movies. So I don't see new ones uh, when there's an opportunity to see them. It's not the first thing on my list when I'm combing through 80s and 90s flicks. If I saw one, it was usually on accident uh, or I was a kid and went to the theater. So it's been over a decade since I've seen like a football movie, like period. I hate baseball movies yeah. because every pitcher in a baseball movie throws stupid. Like, And just, I can't get over it. Just like... Great movement. Like Brendan Fraser in The Rookie or Kevin Costner in A Perfect, whatever, A Perfect Pitch or Perfect yeah, yeah. Game. Well, I, they throw about, like goobers. What about the guy in, oh, you're saying just they look stupid. They just, they throw stupid and I can't get past you that. You know what's funny? I mean, like, and we should be able to spot that. I feel like people spotting a fucked up throw, like like anybody can do that. Yeah. yeah like football is the, is the, the football movie is the one that gets by people. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's bad football there and there's bad football in the movie that we're going to talk about today. But yeah, that's interesting. There, there's a lot of bad baseball, huh? And you'd think they could get that down. Yeah. Like, you, there's a ton of college pitchers out there. I think I could make a whole reel of what bad movie pitching so looks like. So that's Brendan Fraser's best best shot, probably, is what you're thinking. Yeah, like, could you get somebody else to throw it? What's and, like, the best baseball behind? movie? If we ever get to these... Bull Durham. Yeah, I, I love Bull Durham. Yeah, I've well, used, Major League's my favorite. Like, Bull there are Durham. so many good quotes. Held it like an egg. He sure scrambled it. Hit the mascot. Yeah, I love that That's movie. my dad's favorite line. Yeah. That's and my I favorite was movie. inaccurate as a pitcher. Yeah. 
So candlesticks are nice. A lot. Let's get two. Love that movie. (laughs) It 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 was on. It was on like a couple weeks ago. It's one that like it's the rule is there are certain movies that if they're on and you turn them on, you have to sit down and finish them. Bull Durham being one of them. This one is one I would never finish. Uh, I would never watch twice until uh, until now. For the sake of content, uh, we're kicking off this thing, and we don't have a name for this shit. Uh, green light gridiron classics. How about, I don't know, how, how about I slap the how about slap Monday matinee? Yeah, I thought about Monday m- Monday movies. Monday you know, matinee. You gotta have some alliteration. If you slap a fucking pound sign uh, ahead of green light gridiron classics, which is the longest <laughs> hashtag in the world, guys, make sure you hashtag that when you tweet about our thing. You know, I, I'm not a social. I can't as much as I use Twitter. I don't use it in any organized fashion, so I don't even know how to put out like uh, podcasts correctly. On my Twitter, I fly, mean, fly you, United. Yeah, I know how. To, I know how to. <laughs> I let DJ Reader live today. Uh, the defensive tackle from Texas. A tweet from uh, DJ Reader complaining about United Airlines. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna sit this one out. I sat out Dick Vitale. <laughs> it was just a. It was just a lot in in a couple weeks, and you gotta you gotta let that joke marinate a little bit. But we're we're talking about Remember the Titans today. You and I, Coach, watched uh, Remember the Titans, the 2000 film starring Denzel Washington. And a whole bunch of thirty-year-old white guys. We watched that last night. We did. When was the last time you watched that movie? It's been a long, long time. For me, it, it was effectively. A I new watched movie. it once, never watched it again. You know, it's like so many people want to ask you if you saw a movie, and you're like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Well, here are five lines. Do you recognize them?" I'm intensely reading your eyes, and I'm like, "I'm not lying. I saw the movie, but I can't remember every movie I ever saw. And if I didn't love it, it's kind of in in one ear, out the other." And that was kind of the situation. We remember the Titans. I could not stand the movie. I've always kind of made it a bit to antagonize people you know, into getting mad at me for not liking <laughs> Remember the Titans. But it's your fault you like corny shit. Yeah. Like, y- you are, uh, you're being a Walmart consumer here. Now, I got nothing against Walmart, so don't take that the wrong way. But you're being a popular consumer right here. This movie was made for the masses. It's a Disney movie, dude. This is bottom of the food chain in a lot of ways. Now, I understand there's a message. I love the message. I do. We'll get into some of the inaccuracies. Okay. We'll get into some of the characters. Uh, but let's just start with this best and worst scene. My favorite scene, and this is giving credit to the movie. Well, I, I, I have two. So from just like a one-liner kind of funny, when Coach Boone's daughter sees Coach Yost's daughter going crazy in the stands, and she's like, Mommy, are all white girls this crazy? Yeah, that was funny. I thought that was pretty funny. That stood the test of time. <laughs> My second one was <laughs> there's a scene in like the stairwell like Boone had been, Boone starts off by being like really accommodating to Yost. Like, I know I don't want to take your job if I don't deserve it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, he goes, Denzel, and then Boone. he goes, full. yeah, to lay it out. When we, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna loosely be referring to actors and roles. Yeah. So just try to bear with us. So Denzel starts out being like really, um, like accommodating to yeah, the like other coach. Yeah, overly accommodating. And then as soon as they go to camp, into a fucked up situation. Yeah, he, then they go to camp and he switched right into asshole mm-hmm. mode. And so you kind of see him being hard on him for the whole movie. And there's a scene in the stairwell where he's going after the assistant coach hard saying, why is it you only coddle the black players? Mm -hmm. And that one, I thought that was a good scene because he'd been hard on him kind of unnecessarily. And so I thought, here's another scene where he's going hard on him. But I felt like that one, you know, the assistant coach was like, Mm. you make a good point. And then that shows itself later with Petey when he sits him. Yeah, he sat uh, Petey because Petey wasn't getting the job done, who he had put in earlier in the movie right. for Ryan Gosling. 
And so um, that whole coddling thing went Ryan full Gosling circle. kept getting caught in man coverage in the red zone and just was like, <laughs> it sends somebody in motion. Fucking Ryan Gosling was like hopeless. Dude. <laughs> yeah. So but, poor, poor Ryan Gosling, dude. But but hey, he comes up with a big win. He's in the come state. a long way to 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 drive place beyond the pines. Some of yeah. those raw roles he's been in. But he kind of saved the day in the state championship when he was like, if you want to come out, give your slot to Petey. And he was like. I cannot like we will die if I keep playing football. Out yeah, here. yeah, yeah. So I yeah. thought that was a good one. That was really cool. And what was your best scene? My best scene, honestly, there was one scene in the movie where I was like, they nailed this. You know, there is that kind of formulaic sports movie um, thing in the back, you know, half where they go montage of things going well. They speed through the season. I thought they did that well with the the split screen. They had three screens, mm-hmm. and I thought that was actually well done. And it immediately is followed by you know success and happiness and then i think they they followed that with hey they're going to fire a coach i think came right after that maybe they were trying to stage a coup mm-hmm. right at that that point so so they did the the formulaic uh, montage then they did the things aren't so great and then it was good again i think i had the 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 correct order here but denzel is in the street and he's getting cheered on by everybody in the neighborhood mm-hmm. Um, which again, like much of the movie, what a meta- metamorphosis to essentially from essentially clan members to in like ten football games. Yeah, which is is kind of an interesting metaphor for some football fans. Yeah, and kind of how they can ebb and flow through the week. <laughs> uh, but they're cheering on Denzel. Suddenly, it's all good. Denzel's happy as he should be. I felt good for the character, and then the Gary Bertier thing. Yeah, which was inaccurate. Gary Bertier got hurt after the season. He never okay. got hurt before the, and there's a, a list of inaccuracies I have for you, not to be a Debbie Downer, but I love this stuff. Gary Bertier rolling, you know, into that accident and kind of like you knew, everybody knows what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And they just did a really good job of weaving that like happy moment with the immediate downer, which is kind of formulaic. You have that in a lot of movies, but I thought they nailed that sequence. The worst scene for me, I never really liked left side, strong side. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> Uh, that held, I, I, held up that I still don't like it, but the worst scene for me was probably the football in the state championship. And we'll get to how the football was played out, but there was some really poor football being played. And then like everything that happened, it, it felt like they had to kind of rush to tie a bow on it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have, and I'll get to this in a second, the realistic inspiration to draw from because that football game was much different in real life. It was against a different team and they won 27 to nothing. They were down seven, nothing at the half and they made it all dramatic. I didn't like that scene for a number of reasons. I just think they could have done better. Worst scene for me? Yeah. Any scene where Birdie is giving a team speech? Like right side, left side? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, like every delivery oh, oh, of yeah, his... Yeah. Bertier. Yeah, yeah, every every delivery. Did you give his name a French pronunciation? I think I did. Bertier? Bertier? Like Perrier? Right. Dude, he was a redneck, not a French dignitary. <laughs> Bertier, sorry. Any speech that he gave was bad. The delivery was oh, bad. Oh, really bad. But he you did... You and I have been on team sports. Yeah. And we're white guys trying to break down a fucking huddle, and, and we know that was bad. Yeah. Like, okay? Not delivered. But I will say, like, he did get away with that line in the hospital where he's like, hey, nurse, don't you see the family resemblance? Right. I th- you know what? I that might have been I the only... I have written down worst bad... Or best bad line. Yes. That may have been the only... What's the damn name? Bertier? Yeah. That the was, only Bertier the line. That would be relatively realistic in a set. I feel like that was like the that. one line he got away from. Everything else just screamed dork. Yeah. I mean, he was a dork and he was very old. The players were all old. I got some ages for yeah, you. Yeah, I've been here. waiting for this. 
Julius, maybe one of my favorite characters, and that was uh, off a short list of, of positive characters for me. Julius is Avon Barksdale. That's how long it's been for me since I've seen the movie that I'm like, Avon's in this. I know. From The Wire, of course, if you haven't seen it. Julius. He's good. 31 years old. <laughs> 31 years old because he wasn't much older in the wire dude he went from being like gary bertier's fucking roommate to, to drug kingpin in like three four years and man. he was good in that role yes dude he was good All right, keep going gary bertier 24 years old uh pd 26 rev 26 louis 24 louis looked old as fuck for 24 Louis's my favorite character i like louis a lot sunshine uh 25 gosling 20 again gosling was like the only kid ray 27 and blue 26 another Who is Ray's the super racist ray is basically he's david duke yes this guy is like a child version of david duke here's the kicker as we get into the inaccuracies here i'll just list them first off i mentioned the state championship 27 nothing yost has four daughters hmm, and they all live with the mom okay they didn't run at 3 a.m at gettysburg most players had long hair at that juncture you know sunshine that was overplayed so Yost has four daughters and they all live with mom. They didn't run at 3 a.m. Most players had long hair. Ray was a fictional character and Ray was just just a, an absurd bad character. Like he was just the only true villain that they couldn't bother to, to try to, to remediate. Change. Yeah, remediate <laughs> in the entire thing. And Reed, Reed and, and Taylor back there were like, I, I had him look up to see you know, what former players were saying. And one of the things that they were like, well, a lot of stuff we were reading is that, you know, there might've been some inaccuracies that certain things weren't about race, that sort of thing. And there was a, but, and I was like, but did you hear any black players accounts? Yeah. You know, because if there was a shred of, um, of the truth with some of these guys and the things they were saying, um, that would have been a hell of a metamorphosis. Yes. You know, when it came to a worldview, also, when it comes to racism, this is so Disney and just water it the fuck down. Remember when they had the brick thrown through the window? Mm -hmm. The brick being thrown, through the, there was never a brick, okay? It was a toilet. Somebody actually had the audacity, Holy the cow. arrogance, the, 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 the ignorance. The like, motivation to throw a toilet. Imagine how racist you have to be to be like, I'm going to haul a toilet up this guy's lawn because he's a good football coach and he's black and i'm gonna chuck that thing through the window he didn't even go with like a standard a full toilet a fucking toilet i don't know if it was a big toilet i don't know if it was a small low to the ground toilet but it's a toilet nonetheless and the hatred think, the hatred to carry that thing and deliver that you, it's just you got to be a pretty ignorant motherfucker yeah and here's the deal disney watered it down i know it made more sense in the movie it might have looked almost like a skit to if see a, a toilet, toilet but that's literally how ridiculous racism in the 70s was Good lord. I mean, like it was way more uh overt than now. And and um I wasn't there, but they were throwing toilets through black coaches' windows because they were good at football. They're coaching football. Like your team's winning and you're throwing a fucking toilet through this guy's window. How much do you hate black people, man? <laughs> like how much? And you know what the worst part about that scene was? Coach Yost, and I'll get to him in a minute, <laughs> actually had the audacity to be to to make it into a my daughter had to go through that. Yeah, stop antagonizing like, the community. Like I'm like, you're actually victim blaming Denzel here <laughs> and had the audacity to blame him that your daughter saw a brick. What'd she see? She saw a brick through the window? Mm -hmm. what, what? I mean, like, golly. I think the biggest problem with the whole movie, though, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, look, I had a hard time wrapping my head around liking almost any of the characters, like any of them. Okay. What about Louie? 
I liked him just fine. I thought the, the singing was a little over the top and kind of like, you know, I was I like, I get, we get it, Louis. You, you sing. Bertier was the number one offender for me. Oh, so they bad. actually made him into a protagonist. And again, as I'm analyzing these characters and these coaches, just know that we don't know the real people. We're, we're analyzing the Disney rendition of these people. I don't know the real characters, but the way Disney portrayed Bertier, he was a fucking racist, dude. <laughs> the way, like, Gary Bertier, the first, like, line he delivers, he's calling black people animals. I was like, <laughs> and I had seen this movie 20 years ago, and I was like, golly, dude, like, <laughs> and they made him, in, you could never make that character into a protagonist by the end of the movie in 2021, rightfully so, because if the movie's playing out over a fall, I mean, like, not only is it too short of a span of time that I'm actually going to believe somebody's changed from being that guy, but Gary Bertier in real life, that school was integrated five, six years earlier. So integration happened when he was like 12, dude, you've had a plenty of time to warm up and not call black people animals or walk up to Denzel and make demands on the bus, much like his character arc on racism. He was quick to change from like, hey, I'm making X, Y, Z demands to uh, you're my daddy. Yeah. So Bertier wasn't just a racist. He was kind of just a little bitch in the <laughs> I, movie. So I wrote movie. that down where it's like he came out hard on Denzel. Two minutes later, he's like, you're my dad. I'm like, what happened? I think, yeah, just like at least be at least be like James Dean. So we just know you're a racist. Like, yeah. you know, like just just stick with your racist guns, man. Stick with your guns. James Dean was always in the shadows, that character, his buddy. Yeah. Like they always had him in the shadows. I was just looking like with that whiny bitchy face, you know, just like, but Bertier came around so quick. I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. And on top of that toxic masculinity, mm. he's afraid to tell his girlfriend he loves her, which is, we found out more about his girlfriend. Remember on the phone, he was afraid to say, I love you. He wouldn't do well on this podcast. <laughs> we love our, our lovely wife. Shout out to uh, your lovely wife as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was afraid to say I love you on the phone. Turns out that it's probably a good thing he good, didn't because she was like because she was like get in the car with me and the white people. Tommy Lauren was she based her character <laughs> on this character, <laughs> and then she just stopped the movie before the state championship where she shook Avon Barksdale's hand. Yeah, that, like that's where Tommy Lauren stopped this character study. But they're the same person. Yep, the same person. So I mean, Bertier sucked. You know, Yost sucked. I wanted Yost to be cool so bad. I wanted to be so so cool so bad because they kind of like they kind of they kind of slow bled his racism. Yeah, <laughs> they kind of were like, he might be a good guy, but then he'd say something every now and again. It's like, oh, he just doesn't talk as much. Like maybe he just doesn't get it. No, 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 no. I thought maybe like because he was staying quiet that he had some internal struggle going on, and maybe he did. And I need to dig into Yost's character more because I'm sure he's like in a lot of ways a legend, and they had to play this up. A little bit, but he also could have been a racist. I mean, he was Virginia in 1971. I don't know the real guy, but the character to me, it was so funny because you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, he's probably okay. He's just having this internal conflict and he's trying to figure out how to speak out against it. But then he'd say something and be like, yeah, oh, he's just kind of a quiet guy. And so it's just more scenes between him saying something racist. And, and, and like, the funniest shit in the world, what wasn't funny, was like his seminal moment in the state championship game followed the best speech in the movie. Best and worst speech? Denzel's speech going he into halftime. Dog shit speeches. It was dude. like Denzel's speech going into halftime was like, well, boys, you tried. You can hold your heads high. Well, that was bad. And I'm glad Avon stepped up there. He Thank was God. a real leader. Like, but that's the best speech in the movie. Where he's that's like, the best speech in the movie. It's the best speech in the movie. It, it should have been delivered better. It wasn't delivered right. And I don't, I don't know that it was like, 
uh, directed right because you know you would have said it differently they had like the somber music the reflective music like that doesn't happen in a football locker room but if that was given like the night before a game the contents of what he said which is that like none of us are perfect but this team is perfect right that's a very basic concept but it's so true when you're on a team that's perfect it's that way forever and so i thought that was a very good speech now of course it was followed by yost getting like the angelic disney speech filter they they threw that shit on him and he had that like look like he just emerged out of a locker and was ready to pitch something on a commercial it was like so cheesy and he always has that shit eating grin even at the funeral he couldn't keep that shit eating grin off his face and by the way there were two foreshadowing lines first off Denzel said this to Yost, you're crippling these kids for life. This is like 20 minutes before Bertier got hurt. Do you remember that? I didn't catch that. Yeah, you didn't catch that. You also didn't catch Denzel telling Bertier to go sit down somewhere. Really? Yeah. So Yost is giving this speech, and it's so dog shit. The contents of the speech, unless I heard it wrong on 30 milligrams of an edible, was like, (laughs) essentially, I've been doing a lot of thinking, and I trust a black guy now. That I need spe- help. What, no, wasn't that the speech, though? Yeah. What, I mean, did I read that wrong? Tell me. Was it a race thing or was it just a football trust thing with that speech? I think it's both because I think his pride or the racism kept him from trusting Denzel. Yeah. And I think it took his daughter to say to him, you're getting slayed on the field, dad. But if I just imagine that's your big speech. Like two hours of fucking of, of character development and it lands at like... I'm a hero. I trust the black coach. Like what, dude? I it, it, it just like I'll go on and on. Allen's dad sucked. Five times player of the week. Who cares? Player of the week, dude. Your your son's getting burnt in man coverage. Okay. Yep. There's a guy on offense hasn't even practiced the plays. Doesn't know any coverages and just blanketed number twenty three. Okay. So Allen's dad sucks. The assistant coach sucks. He told Yost to go to hell over high school football with tears in his eyes at a fucking diner. Reevaluate your life. You suck. Uh, Kip Tyler from Groveton, hurt by a quarterback. You suck. I mean, running back, the guy they put in on defense for Ryan Gosling, he sucked. He threw his blockers under the the bus immediately. Mm. Sorry, but Hayden, how do I say her last name? Panettiere. Panettiere. See, that's why I was saying Bertie. Yeah, yeah, dude, you're just in the French mode. She sucked. I'm sorry. We don't need you to talk Veer, dude. Like, you're nine. It's not about you being a girl. So she's not believable, but her her, her character entertained me. I don't like she belonged in three billboards. Like, she's corny like that. I mean, the list goes on. Obviously, there were a bunch of characters. Oh, my God. You're going to have so many people come out of the woodwork again on three billboards with you. Well, whatever. I mean, the movie sucks. I, I uh, Francis McDormand was awesome. The movie sucks. The worst football scene, though, is the state championship to wrap this thing up. I mean, and if you have any characters that don't suck, you could tell me before we head out. But worst scene mm-hmm. was the fumble because these guys these guys alerted me that in 1971, the fumble in the state championship, not only was it like unsound, like just take a knee, right? Just take a fucking knee, but on top of that, you could not, you couldn't advance a fumble. Not that they advanced the fumble in that situation, but in various plays in the, in the movie, they advanced the fumble. Like if a defense recovered a fumble in seventy one, you could not advance it. Not only that, but it was funny with I laughed at this line. Like shotgun, what are what are they? The New York Jets? Yeah. These guys told me the Jets didn't, the shotgun wasn't invented, invented until 1975. Also, what a mind fuck that the Jets were the gold standard that, you know, like that was your, your pick a team back then. It just shows you how long ago it was. But the worst scene was 
preceding that fumble in the state championship, how slow that guy was running, how bad the running was. The running was like jarring bad, dude. The running was jarring bad. And on the on the topic of that play, the the play that followed it, the coach panicked. Oh, they're going to throw it deep. What the fuck do you think they're going to do, coach? It's the last play of the state championship. They're backed up. Like, what else do they have to do? And he acted like it was like this revolutionary thought that they're going to throw it deep. Yeah. Also, Sunshine, best football player in the whole thing. The blocks he threw <laughs> on that fucking touchdown at the end were incredible. This guy was incredible. Best football player in the whole movie. I see why Trevor Lawrence is Sunshine. It made sense to me. Yeah. In the end, they tied it together pretty well, the ending. Yeah. I mean, what you don't know is that Gary was hit by a drunk driver, so that was terrible. I mean, you think about in real life, this guy got hit like by two bad, you know, bad, just terrible luck, dude. Sad ending, but they kind of glossed over the somber part of it. Yeah. They threw like bad hairlines on Avon Barksdale. They just moved his hairline back. They moved a couple guys' hairlines back. They put Yost, they like put some salt in his beard and he still had that shit eating grin. He couldn't wipe it off his face even at a funeral for one of his players. I'm going to give this movie a five out of 10. I, and I think that's me being generous. So I was going to give it a six because I grew up in Northern Virginia, went to Woodson High School, played against TC Williams. So it's just kind of fun to see Herndon Hornets on the board, see him playing Marshall. Those are all the teams that we played. And it reminded me of a couple of funny TC Williams stories. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so funny story number one is they used to play their baseball games like in some community field. They didn't have a baseball field. And the first thing we had to do when we would get there is we had to go on glass duty and pick up all the beer bottles and throw them back over the side of the fence. We didn't have glass duty at our high school. Not a stab. So Alan that was the first Swanson. thing. Warm-ups, you couldn't warm up till you threw all the bottles back over the field. Uh, second T.C. Williams story is that's where I got my first varsity pitching win. Ooh. Yeah, first win ever pitching in varsity high school was against T.C. Williams. But it's also one of my worst moments because in the sixth inning, I was knocked out by a laser beam comebacker that went off my glove and hit my left nut. No. Yes. I thought you were saying knocked unconscious. Nope, hit my left nut. Just hit you square in the testicle, but not at all on the I right I tried testicle. to get the glove, and it went bang. Isn't that amazing? The, just the exactness of where that thing ended up, that it hit your left one but not your right one. So I had to come out of the game. Obviously, as a kid that got hit in the nuts. Yeah, obviously. And then your coach is looking at you like, why didn't you wear a cup, right? Cause can't that's pitch with a cup. Uh, I feel like they were just all over that shit. I, you know what? Put that as a pull. I didn't wear a cup on first base. No, like put that as a pull. I don't see how you pitch with a cup. I think it's impossible. Yeah, I don't know how you do anything with a cup. Right. So so then I have to come out. and uh, Goalies wearing cups. I get that. So, like, so yeah. So it was like got my first win, but I spent that. I got that win sitting on the in the dugout watching like waiting for my testicle to swell up to the size of his baseball Well, good news is you have four kids it worked uh, out. I'm fine and, now And you must be using the reserves on the right side five is generous for me But I'm doing it as to not be disrespectful and it's early in this thing We're gonna watch like 10 or 15 mm. 20 of these movies. It's not gonna be Wook every week You know Wook is a busy guy might have some special guests, but Wook's gonna be showing up a lot as we're doing these movie reviews. And I just want to say one thing to finish. I was talking about characters I didn't like. I'm sorry, as much as I like Denzel, I think he's a great actor. I think he did great in the movie. I think he carried it in a lot of ways. I just wasn't that enamored with the character. No, but when he first shows up to the gym and he sees his team, yeah, and he's like, you're sorry? Yeah. You sorry, sir? Are you sorry? Are you happy? Okay, okay, I'm glad you brought that up. They plucked that from Full Metal Jacket. They they stole that scene from Full Metal Jacket, and I was told 
that they also copied Varsity Blues, which we're going to be rewatching at some point here soon, a little bit in the opener, talking about like in, in Virginia, high school football is everything. And there was essentially the same line uh, in Varsity Blues as well, but for Texas, and it's way more true in Texas. And then they stole the uh, the Gettysburg. They didn't steal Gettysburg. Well, when did Any Given Sunday come out? Before Remember the Titans. But there's a part where Al Pacino goes, if we don't heal as a team right now, we will die as individuals. Which is one of the best fucking, I got chills right now. Like, woo! <laughs> I used to listen to that fucking whole speech in the locker uh, before, um, before games, especially. Any Given Sunday, 1999. Okay. So they had a year to put in the Gettysburg speech that, you know, he said, if we don't come together, if we don't come together right now on this hollow ground, then we will destroy each other. Like, which just, to me, sounded like a translation yes. of the Al Pacino speech and putting that, you know, if we don't, we'll destroy each other, just like all these dead Civil War guys, man. Because, by the way, that jog was ridiculous. It never happened. I don't know how far Gettysburg, the battlefield, is from the school, but looked it's like a little miles. ways. Two miles. So, okay, could So, happen. a two-mile run, man? A two-mile run? These kids, were, these kids were out of shape. They should have been running at 3 a.m. Yeah. Two fucking miles. Another thing is they were all dirty, and Denzel didn't have a drop of sweat on him, I feel like. I feel like he had his shirt tucked in and everything. I will say this. I liked about his character was he didn't apologize for anything, and that's what you had to be, I'm sure, to be a black coach in the 70s. Like There were times where you were like, oh, his bed bedside manner kind of could be tough, but think about what he was up against. I mean, so I'm not discounting him like his character on account of that. The reason I don't like him is because he made them run over water break. I mean, you're you're a bad coach. You're get, you're gonna get canceled nowadays. And I know everybody was doing it, but you know what else everybody was doing? Racism. That doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Fucking give the kids some water. Water's important. Yeah. Okay. Like you're gonna kill somebody. Says out the here. says the mayor of hydration for the yeah. summer. Uh, yeah. Remember so from the Titans, a, five out of ten. Yeah. So from a from a from a water kind of foundations. You give it a zero out of ten. Yeah, I give it a zero out of ten. There, not I mean, enough hydration. Also, the drills were bad. I mean, like they were typical seventies drills, so not hard to execute for athletes. Fumble um, drill. You know, Greg Williams used to make us do forty up downs. He used to tell us we're going to do forty up downs to start practice, and it was usually a scare tactic. You get to like twenty three, and he'd say, "Stop if you've already if you've already been on the team and you've done it." But that reminded me of just like the sheer caveman nature of some of those drills. Yes, like there's no football application to those it's just will breaking yeah we used to have eye openers eye openers where you just run up and hit each other yeah yeah bull in the ring is what we called it it's so <laughs> stupid it's so stupid but i miss it there were a couple hits last night that made me miss football a little bit we'll be back with more movie takes uh green light gridiron classics monday matinee yeah i had to throw a fucking uh pound sign before that it's called a hashtag all right see y'all I'm